My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Welcome back to the show, you guys. We have a super exciting guest coming on today who's going to share a lot of valuable insights. So I'm super pumped. The guest I'm bringing on, Andy Humphrey. For almost 20 years, this guest has built, operate, and operated and purchased e-commerce brands while bringing autom automation and control technology to the irrigation industry. Now, a multi-million dollar e-commerce entrepreneur, Andy Humphrey is the founder of Sprinkler's Supply Store, and he's also the host of Sprinkler Nerd Show. Andy, you've got so much on the go, and you have come, you've done so many things that I can't wait to tell my, my guest about. So welcome to the show. Super excited for today. Uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day. I appreciate it. How's it Absolutely, going? Brittany. I, I'm excited to be here. I just, um, we're going to have trouble because I don't know how to pinpoint exactly what we're going to talk about because there is so much to talk about. Right, right. I, I hear you. I, I know these interviews are short too. So, you know, let's start off with your journey. How did you, how, where did you start and how did you get to where you are? I know you did some interesting things like going on Shark Tank, if you want to mention that as well. That's super exciting. Um, but let's start there. I would say that my journey is likely very similar to either where someone in your audience is right now or where they want to be. And that is, I was bored in my day job. I wasn't making enough money in my day job. And when I looked into the future <clears throat> from where I sat at that time, and I looked into the industry that I was in, and I looked at the highest sort of rank, if you will, in that industry that still wasn't where I wanted to be at that time. And so for that reason, I started thinking, how can I do something on my own? How can I make extra money? What can I do right now on my own, on the side that could start to position me so that in 20 years, I'm where I want to be and I'm doing what I want to do. And what that looked like in 2004 was selling stuff online, learning the craft of e-commerce. And so that's what I did. And I started with literally about $100, bought a domain name, learned how to uh, throw up a website, add a shopping cart. And this was before Shopify and all this, um, you know, pre-canned websites. And I did dropship. So I sold Christmas lights. My first e-commerce business was called Super Twinkle. Dot com and I sold Christmas lights and it was a a cash flow business meaning I would take the order then I would go to work I happened to be working for a wholesale supplier that had Christmas lights I would buy the Christmas lights and then on my way home from work I would ship them out so I was immediately able to have uh, a cash producing side income that built itself rapidly and gave me the skills I needed to take the next step in my journey in my career. Incredible. And, and from there to now, what was it like? What was the journey like? I guess the journey was sort of repeat, learn, 
grow, repeat. So what started with Christmas lights moved to Christmas storage, which moved to uh, selling lawnmowers online, which moved to building my own lawnmower, which moved to pitching that on Shark Tank, which moved to going deep. And this is where things, this is where I made a critical decision, I guess, in my career path was that I realized that part of what you sell is do you like what you sell? Okay. So anybody who's out there that thinks they want to start an e-commerce business, you really should pay attention to the items that you sell. And I say that because it has to, it has to hold your interest long enough and deep enough for you to push through all of the hard work. So if you find, if you do some research and you buy, download somebody's course and they tell you to go do X, Y, and Z, you still have to find something that you're passionate about so that you will play the long game. Otherwise, it will it could just be a short win. You could make some money. Six months later, there's competition. You're not really into that product. So you close it down. And the best thing you could do is find something that you have an unfair advantage in. And I would say that that's whatever industry you're in right now, whatever your job is, whatever your career, whatever sort of niche product or service business that you're in. If you like it, stick to it and then find a way to mash it up with something else. And so that's what I did is I was deep in the irrigation business. So I knew manufacturers, wholesalers, distributors, contractors. And that's you know why I started Sprinkler Supply Stores because I knew the industry. So I had you know what you might call an unfair advantage because I knew that market and I knew those products instead of going out and you know selling kitchenware for instance which I have done but I've closed those down because they they aren't sustainable for me and my interest in the long term so where I am right now I call I call it a passion mashup between the irrigation industry and my deep knowledge of the irrigation industry and e-commerce. And so where those two spheres come together, you get Sprinkler Supply Store. Incredible. This is great. And, you know, the start of your um, journey with becoming an entrepreneur and everything like that, you know, what did you have to do to get out of that transition from, from your mind and into the world? Do you think you could share any of that with our listeners? Because I know some or maybe at that point right now. Yeah. So this is, there is definitely a, call it a fear factor to do anything in life. Right. And everybody has a Mm -hmm. different comfort level when it comes to fear and the fears can all be different. Some people might have a fear of losing money. That might not be a fear for someone else. Somebody else might have a fear of being seen in public and that might not be a fear for somebody else. And so I would, suggest writing down all the things that you are afraid of, right? Why would you not do this, right? So if you have an idea for something, write down or think about why would you not do those things? And then closely related to that is what would it take to do it? How could you do it? And so for me, what it meant was I needed to keep my day job. I didn't, I wasn't in a position. I had just had my first child my wife wasn't working. I couldn't quit my day job. So I needed to do something at the same time. I didn't have a lot of money. So I couldn't, uh, I didn't have money to risk. So I had to do something small. And I also needed something that I could do before nine, after five weekends, et cetera. So e-commerce for me 
fit that, you know, fit that criteria. And, you know, we could talk a lot about this because I think whether you want to start an e-commerce business or even a podcast, some of the reasons that we don't do things is because of our own internal roadblocks, right? And our own internal roadblocks are different for all of us. So sometimes you got to look inside and think about what are you afraid of? Why would you not do this? And work towards taking small steps to get out of you know, that uncomfortable place and just start doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the fear that a lot of us have, and I think everyone has a little bit of fear at some point or another, and it's just whether they, you know, take that leap of faith and um, do what they're passionate about or what they want to. Um, So thank you for sharing that because um, yeah, very, very. And and some people are actually afraid of failure. I happen to be fortunate that I'm not afraid of failure. And I think that uh, it's okay to be afraid of failure. What, what happens is you get comfortable with being in that uncomfortable place of failure. And all there actually is as an entrepreneur is failure. It's like 99% failure and 1% success. But what happens is you don't repeat those 99. They're just always new failures. So, yeah, you know, it would be incorrect to say you keep failing at the same thing. If that's the case, then you got to, you know, just stop making that mistake. <laughs> but right. the further you get along, anything new coming in for the first time, who who is going to get something right the first time? And so I feel like as an entrepreneur, all there is is new opportunity, new skills, new things to do. And in order to master it, you have to be willing to just fail, 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 fail. And when I use the word fail, I mean small, little things, right? It's like, let's say you're mocking something up in in Canva, for instance. We'll just use that because I'm sure a lot of listeners use Canva. Chances are your first draft isn't the right one. You might finish it. You're going to print it. You're going to look at it and you go, oh, shoot, I should change this. I'm going to change this. I'm going to change this. And you keep doing those little changes over time at the end result. You know, people only see that end result. They don't see all the little modifications and failures along the way. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to mention, you know, uh, to get to that next level, there's always going to be a new set of challenges, you know, and it's just going to help you grow. It's, it's not failing. It's failing forward, right? Like it's, you're not going to fail backwards. It's, it's. Yeah, so it's and the you could, I mean, that's of- where sort of the judgment does play a part, right? You don't that's want true. to. I would say you want to make small bets, bets worth mm-hmm. failing that you could fail, right? You don't want to bet your home or your on your first right. try. That would just be silly. And some people do that and make mistakes. And some people are afraid of that, but there's no need to be afraid of it if you aren't going to do it. I My suggestion would be to just make lots and lots of small little mistakes. And that's how you learn. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about the start of uh, the podcast. When did you start it and what was your intentions behind it? And, um, you know, let's talk about you being your authentic self on it and why that is important. Yeah, I love I love this because being in the call it digital marketing space, i.e. e-commerce, I've been listening to podcasts uh, probably almost 10 years, you know, Um, and I knew since about 2015 that I wanted to start a podcast because there wasn't one for my industry. And I know a lot of people, I had a lot of things to share and I thought about it 
I thought about it for four years. I was stuck. I wanted to start a podcast. I talked to a lot of people and I couldn't get from my mind out into a podcast. And it was a much different roadblock than e-commerce. I really didn't have any roadblocks with e-commerce. I wasn't really afraid of much. And I felt like with the podcast, what I was afraid of is what people might think of me. And I didn't have that same fear with e-commerce because it, e-commerce, you're sort of hidden behind this website veil. You know, you see, you can put the website out there, but you're not necessarily putting yourself out there. And I think there's a, there's a difference. And I felt like with the podcast, I was actually kind of afraid to put myself out there. What am I going to sound like? What are people going to think about that? And it literally was, I met a gentleman, uh, Louis Diaz. And he actually recommended me to you guys. And I met yep. him, for instance, in 2019. He happened to be, you know, a podcast, um, have a podcast agency. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, I need a guy like you. I, I like you. I trust you. I don't even care what I'm going to pay you. I, I know that I am not getting out of my own way. I need someone to hold my hand and bring me across the starting line, which was a much different place than I was with e-commerce where I could bring myself across the starting line. I just did it. I literally needed someone to hold my hand and help me record my first five episodes. And so he helped me with that and it was game changing. And then from there, I took it over and I've been practicing is how I call it. It's kind of practicing ever since. And even to this day, the thing that holds me up the most is you know, being afraid. And I use that word because it's the right word, being afraid of what people think. What do people think of me? What do people think of what I say? And I just have to sort of train myself that yes, I care, but no, I don't care. Because if they don't like what I say, or they don't like me, that's okay. Because it's all a filter. You don't need everybody. Right. And, exactly. and I'm also saying I don't need to be a jerk or a dick or mean. It's just I want what I say actually will help attract the right people and, you know, filter, filter out, out the, wrong. the wrong people. And it doesn't matter what I say, but I'm still afraid of it. You know, I'm still afraid or cautious or cognizant about what people think of me. And I think that it's still the still the number one fear. You know, what do I sound like? What do I look like? What are people thinking? And I know, I know I'm not alone when I think that it's probably your, you know, top three reasons people don't start a podcast. You're a hundred percent right, Andy. Like even myself, like if I go back, you know, when I'm learning more and more about podcasting and stuff like that, I often go back and listen to my old podcast and I cringe. I'm like, oh my gosh, but it's, it's okay. Like, you know, everyone's first couple or several podcasts are going to be like, oh my gosh, wow. But as you learn, like, it doesn't even matter. And the thing is, it's more so in your head than anyone else is actually, um, like a lot of people don't even catch on to the things that you're worried about. So it's like, just let it go and, and keep going, you know? So uh, for me, I was in the same boat and I, I talked to a lot of people on interviews all week long and that is one of the biggest challenges that come up is, you know, getting out, getting out of our heads because we're sometimes we're our worst. Um, what's the word for it? Uh, I can't think of the word for some reason, but like we're harder on ourselves than we should be. And, and 
that fear, yeah. like we can't and, let that take over, just and bounce into it. Entrepreneurs have a vision, right? So you can see, you, you probably see your future self, right? You see yeah. the type of podcast or business or host or whatever that is that you want to be. And then when you record your first one, what you're doing is like compare, you're comparing your first try to the end result that you see. And what you don't realize or what takes actual thought is that how could you ever make the first episode equal to the episode you picture in your mind at episode 100? It's not, it is literally not, not possible. It's not going to happen. And, and it's the same thing in anything. You can't expect to, um, let's say for instance, Tim Ferriss. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have listened to Tim Ferriss before. So they would probably compare themselves to, I want to sound or be like Tim Ferriss. But that would also be like, you know, trying to hit home runs like Mark McGuire, but you don't even right. like know how to hold the bat yet. Right. People are, you know, thinking about what kind of bat should I buy? What kind of mic should I own? And it's, and all those little steps over time. Yeah. Maybe in five years or 10 years, you will be, you could be the Tim Ferriss, but not on the first try. And so that's what I try to remind myself is it's just practice, 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 practice. And if you're willing to put in the reps, then you will be successful. There's no other way. If you put in the reps, you will be. Without a doubt. Yeah. And it's that little, the little improvements daily that you make and, or weekly, or I, however many podcasts um, people do a day or a week, it's those little changes every time that are going to get you in the long run. That's going to make the improvement the most. Right. So, yeah, I think we have to be a little bit more, um, compassionate on ourselves you know sometimes we're a little we're, we're harsh on ourselves and it's it takes time and it takes learning and um just there's a lot of roadblocks in your head about it you know I, I know I was just talking to someone yesterday talking about how she didn't even post like so many episodes because she's like I just I sound terrible I should have changed this I should have did it that way blah 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 and it's more just in her head right just just post it and learn from it. And it's, it's fine. And most of the stuff is not, not even going to get noticed by the people listening and, yeah. and find, I would say, find someone or some group or something that can, you know, virtually hold your hand. So if it, mm -hmm. if it's whatever that comfort is to help get over the fear, find someone in your sphere that can, that you could talk to, that you that helps you get out of your head, you know, so that if you're posting yeah. and you're really worried, find a good friend that can just support you. They don't have to say, this sounds great. You're the best. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Just someone who can be there for you so that you have comfort and, and to be, to know that it is totally human to be, to feel awkward, to feel scared, to feel vulnerable, to be worried, all of those, all of those things that, we, um, we don't teach and talk enough about anymore, you know, those sort of soft emotional stuff, you know, we sort of like the world pretends that none of that should exist when that's really actually human. And if you screw up on your podcast, it only means that was authentic. That wasn't scripted. You weren't reading out of a book. It was real. It didn't sound like a robot. <laughs> yeah. That's what people want. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And myself, like yesterday I was reading out uh, an intro for someone and I totally screwed it up <laughs> and I just laughed it off. And I was like, Oh, Hey guys, it's the end of the day. It's the end of the day. I'm tongue tied, but 
we're just going to roll with it, you know? So just be yourself. We're human. So I'm so happy we touched on that. Thank you. Because, um, that's a topic I've been wanting to cover for a while and I haven't. So I'm really happy that we did today. Yeah. So, so Andy, um, with your podcast, you know, how does that, how does that tie into your business? So it's a good question because the podcast right now is not a business. Mm -hmm. It is a, how do I describe this? It is a place for me to have my own creative outlet and practice the things that we were talking about, about finding my voice, being comfortable sharing, Mm -hmm. knowing that the podcast could be my future business. But right now, it is just a place for me to have a creative outlet, learn a new skill, and potentially, well, hopefully, provide some value to a listener as it relates to my story and the people that I know within the irrigation industry. So right now, the podcast is focused on the landscape and irrigation entrepreneur and sort of the technology in the irrigation space. And I see it in the future moving out of this irrigation industry because it's a really, really niche industry and moving more out into um, e-commerce, digital marketing, and just entrepreneurship in general. So at the moment, I don't have any sponsors because I want to also feel like I can speak my mind. No one Mm -hmm. is, no one thinks I have an angle. No one thinks I have a lens. And I really want to actually hold off on not having sponsors as long as possible. So it as is sort of can. free, free media. Um, I don't really do any paid coaching. Sometimes I might take on a client. So if you are listening, I do, I, I may consider that. Uh, but right now it's a, it's another leg of the stool. So as I think of sprinkler supply store and the brand and business I'm building, I have three, what I call C's commerce, content, and community. And so I don't think, I think the future of commerce, if you take a brand like Nike, I think the future of their business is media. If Nike is not already a media company, they will be a media company and their shoes and apparel and the commerce is just going to be one vertical of the Nike media channel, right? In the future, you probably will be watching, instead of watching ESPN, you'll be watching those shows that Nike self-produced on Nike's media channel. And so that's, that's kind of the concept in my head is how do I do something like that for the landscape and irrigation industry where I have commerce on sprinkler supply store, I have content on YouTube, uh, the podcast, and then I have community, which I'm starting on Facebook uh, called the sprinkler nerd community. And so putting those sort of three C's together, content, content, commerce, and community. I like that. I like that idea and, a lot. And it works and in you- reverse. So I, sorry to interrupt you. I also want to mention that no, if no. you're listening to this and you have a YouTube channel and it has a big audience, you can, you can go from being a content creator into commerce. So making your own physical products. And I would actually recommend that as the way to get into e-commerce. So if you're an affiliate marker, if you run a blog, if you have a podcast, you have YouTube, you can make your own physical products. And I say that's easier than someone in e-commerce wanting to get into the digital content side of things. So if you don't have commerce as a leg of your business, I think it could be a good opportunity. Absolutely a great opportunity for sure. Now, 
I guess talking about the podcast, one last thing, and we kind of, kind of, um, I guess touched on it, but what about when you're building authority? You know, how can you use a podcast to build authority? Do you have any, um, do you, yeah, let me know if there's anything you want to add to that. Well, I, I think that's I probably a, a better people... word to, to describe it. I'm glad that you said that because okay. I'm actually going to write that down. I think that, man, I'm so glad you said that. That's actually what the <laughs> podcast does for me and Sprinkler Supply Store is it makes Sprinkler Supply Store more of an authority in the space because the founder owner of it, literally like my nickname is the Sprinkler Nerd. And that's what I want because I want someone to know, oh, they're buying from a trusted source, right? Someone who has authority. So I think you nailed it is that's really what the podcast adds to e-commerce is authority. Yeah. And it, it, it just getting, getting you guys out there and getting, building that up over time, like the amount of authority and, you know, um, that you'll have just because the podcast is well added as well is huge. And, um, I think that's a big part of why a lot of like entrepreneurs start, um, a podcast is just to build that authority. Right. And the connections yes, over absolutely. time. We've that heard you- of people probably heard of authority websites, like content sites. Yeah. And I think what's happening is that because you can offshore, writing and content creation for, you know, very, it's very inexpensive to have people write blog articles. And you can even have blog articles written with AI now that I don't know that we really trust written websites to be, uh, to have authority anymore because we don't know mm-hmm. who's writing. Mm-hmm. It could be written by AI, but if you're hearing from a person, then you're getting it from a trusted source that, that can't not be an authority source. So I'm glad you said that because it makes me really think the podcast will and does and YouTube as well, more authority than some content blog. A hundred percent. They do. Yeah. Podcasts are huge for that. Um, opposed to a blog or yeah. So I'm glad we brought that up as well, because it's interesting to see, you know, even over time with anyone on my interviews, um, I don't ask that question very often, actually. I think I'm going to start. But a lot of times um, it has been brought up, you know, as just what's your intentions behind this podcast? Why did you start it? What's your plan with it? And so many people have answered. It's just I want to build my authority and and get out there and um a podcast is essentially like probably one of the best ways to do it. So yeah, that, uh, I think if somebody wants to start a podcast, they should ask themselves, what do I know a lot about? You know, what mm-hmm. do I, what, what am I an authority on? And even if they don't think it's much, Hey, it might be enough to get you 10 episodes. And if you create 10 episodes, who knows what might come next? So just do it. Exactly. And the great thing about podcasts is, you know, I know a lot of people do solo episodes and a lot of people do interviews or both and um, the connections are unreal and like the opportunities and, and um, the the doors that open from having a podcast is huge. So I I think every entrepreneur should uh, start one. (laughs) Yeah. and, And the, what you can't, what you're free to talk about as an entrepreneur might not be what a corporation feels comfortable talking about. And so I think we're also seeing a company, a big company that has a podcast, 
you know, it's going to be kind of tame and they're going to be afraid to upset someone. So they're just right. going to touch the surface on things and they'll probably touch the surface on the things that they sell. It'll feel like a sales pitch. Instead mm -hmm. of putting someone behind the mic that has an opinion about something, they'll be afraid to do it. So as an entrepreneur, you're free to go do that. You're literally free to do that. And you should like, oh, yeah. I love and the world needs more of it. And it's not arguing. It's just points of view. And you don't have to agree with everyone. And that's we, we need more of agreeing and disagreeing in a friendly, professional, respectful way. Right. Not Absolutely. arguing. And it's just it's OK. You can disagree with someone. Not everyone has to like. Right. It doesn't have X. to be a debate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, Andy, I know that we're coming to the end of the episode here, but I just want to thank you for coming on here. You really touched a lot of the uh, points that I haven't talked about on my podcast um, as much as I would have liked to. So this makes me really happy you were able to share, you know, the fear factor and, you know, getting over that and getting out of your head and, um, and a little bit about your journey as well. And, and how it led you to where you are today because I think it, you're doing some incredible things out there and I'm so happy I was able to share that with the people listening yeah thank but, you so much I feel like I'm just a curious person that uh one when I'm curious and I learn something I want to go give it a try and that's really all, all that I do I'm just out here you know in the laboratory experimenting with things and I would say if anybody is afraid to start a podcast start a YouTube channel start a side hustle, whatever that is, e-commerce or other, you know, I'm open. My door's open. You know, you can go to andyhumphrey.com. You can, you know, contact me. We can connect. I'm more than happy to, you know, be there for you and share what, what, uh, what I've learned along the way. Perfect. Perfect. Everybody listening, if, if you're kind of on the fence about starting one or not, just like Andy said, you know, just jump into a dive in and check it out. So, you know, if anyone's looking to connect with them, you know how now, so please do. This guy knows what he's talking about and um, he's very, he can be very helpful and in helping you with your journey. So thank you so much, Andy and group. If you liked, or if you enjoyed the podcast, please like, and subscribe. If you're a six figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like Andy did today to share some valuable insight with the listeners, I'd love you to come on as well. So please go to top100interview.com and fill out an application and we'll take it from there. Thanks so much, you guys. Thanks, awesome. Andy. I appreciate you. Thank you, Brittany. Catch, catch you on the next episode, guys. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. 
All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.